So Socrates is often quoted as saying something to the effect of, I know I am intelligent because I know that I know nothing. And if you agree with this famous observation, which in other variations goes, wisest is he who knows how much he does not know, then you have to admit that living in foreign places definitely must make people more intelligent. So what happens when you leave your comfort zone, travel to another country, interact with different cultures, new languages, and unique ways of life? Well, for one thing, you begin to learn that assumptions and reality can greatly differ. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. I responded to an ad in the newspaper when I was living in Germany. They were looking for English speakers to do the voiceover for a German cartoon. And so I said, I'm an English speaker. You know, I have those skills. Uh, And I went and auditioned. They wanted me to read the part of a cross-eyed cat. Uh, So I read it once. I said, okay, good. Now read it more cross-eyed. I just had no idea what it meant. I was not asked back. I was not given the job. Uh, so I realized that my foreignness only got me so far, did not make up for real talent. This week, cross-eyed cats, surfing to class, getting lost in post-communist architecture, and who is Julia Roberts anyway? On this episode, a journey from Oakland, California to Rostock, Germany, and a lesson about the limits of one's preconceptions. It's 2233. We operate under a presidential mandate which says that we report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And that it was possible to create... Oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Hi, I'm Julia Follick. Uh, I'm originally from Oakland, California, and I now work in the State Department in the Bureau of Consular Affairs. And my exchange program was the English teacher exchange program in Germany, and I was there from 2005 to 2006. I was placed in Rostock, which is in uh, the northeast of Germany, a state of Mecklenburg-Vorpommern. I think before I went to Germany and lived with Germans, I I was much more ready to, I guess, make generalizations about cultures, you know, about the Germans, about Americans. And uh, once I, I probably regularly made generalizations about what Germans were like, and until I actually went and met so many of them and knew so many, heard so many different stories, um, I realized how foolish it is to paint whole cultures uh, with broad strokes like that. Uh, I had a 
a lot of nights out meeting people where I'd start off with, I'm American. And uh, a lot of people had never met an American and had lots of questions and were really interested in hearing more about my experiences and where I came from. You know, that I think that's the easiest conversation starter that I've ever had. I was really disappointed when I came back to the United States and I had to come up with interesting conversation topics again. One misconception that really stuck with me, someone, a younger student, uh, heard that I was grew up in California and asked, oh, did you surf to school every day? <laughs> I had studied Germany, German language and German culture in college, but when I arrived there, I realized I had a lot to learn. I just moved into a house with a, a number of 20-somethings, and they were asking me how much I knew about Germany and asking me about famous Germans, saying, do you know this person? Do you know Michael Schumacher? Do you know Franz Beckenbauer? And listing off all of the people that were their cultural heroes, that every person on the street was familiar with those names. And I hadn't heard of any of them. Uh, they were all unfamiliar to me despite all my classes uh, in German culture. And as they kept going one by one, I realized just, you know, how much I had to learn that you could never learn in a classroom. And they kept going on this list of names and finally they got to one that sounded kind of familiar. They said, do you know Julia Roberts? And I, I realized eventually, I said no initially, and I realized they were saying Julia Roberts. Did I know Julia Roberts? Because they, they thought I was just so ignorant that I hadn't heard of anyone. Uh, so I realized that I had some uh, understanding gaps to overcome as well. And I also, I was surprised that the Germans were very interested in what America thought about them. Uh, so I was asked a lot of questions about, do you think we're all Nazis? You know, you must think X, Y, Z, of which, you know, I try my best to dispel notions about what all Americans think about Germans. And, you know, I realized just how multifaceted it is, how impossible it is to paint with broad strokes about what all Germans are like, just like it's impossible to say what all Americans are like. The town that I was in, Rostock, was the site of the annual uh, gathering of the neo-Nazis, and they'd planned this parade through, uh, through the town, and the police presence there was unbelievable. I have never seen so many police officers on duty at one time. Uh, all of the streets were blocked off all along. You had to show your identification to get into the houses along the parade route. And, uh, you know, I was amazed that so many neo-Nazis uh, were in existence and also willing to go out and march proudly. But I was even more amazed by the counter-protests just the dwarfed the actual parade. There were thousands of people from all across Germany protesting 
and both really coexisting uh, with all of the police, uh, all of these three antagonistic groups, and there was no violence at all, but it was really a spectacle to behold. I was wary of bringing up uh, the issues of the Nazi past, um, so I, I let them, I guess, lead the way. But they were very anxious to to talk about it and, you know, say what they felt. What was I guess sort of more eye-opening for me, you know, I knew all, of course, had learned all about the Nazi history and things like that, and I was mentally prepared to go in and talk to people about that. But the uh, the communist history that is still so prevalent in Eastern Germany was really blew me away uh, that I was, you know, the, the people that I was meeting who were my age had been born in a communist country, and their parents had, you know, lived their whole lives pretty much in a communist country. Uh, so I, I remember I went home for Christmas with one of my friends uh, to this a complex of concrete apartment buildings that had been built uh, shortly after the communists came to power. It was really, you know, to house the workers. And they, they told me that I was not allowed to go outside of the apartment by myself because I would get hopelessly lost and I would never be able to find the right apartment again because they all looked exactly the same. It was just one after another after another. Someone was telling me this story about how their grandfather had been a prisoner of war during World War II, and their grandmother had uh, taken the kids and walked all across what is now Poland to get to what is now Germany, where they thought they would be safer. And, you know, it had taken weeks. So it was this long walk on foot. They almost starved. The grandfather, you know, almost didn't make it out of the POW camp. And I just said, well, I, you know, that's what you see in movies. I'd never talked to anyone who had a story like that. And then every Every single other German at the table had a similar story. Every person, their parent, their grandparents' lives had been affected like that. Uh, and just the, the impact of living in a place that had had a war like that. As a, of course, the impact on Americans was huge as well, but it was so much more on the Germans. That was, that was really impactful. One thing that was really amazing to me was uh, when I celebrated New Year's in Germany. You know, New Year's seems like such a straightforward holiday that it's really similar throughout the world. And in a lot of ways, it was similar, but they uh, have, they set off rockets out of bottles. So you drink the beer, put the bottle in the snow, put a rocket in it, and then shoot it off. And the effect was just this cacophonous uh, blast going off everywhere. The sky was lit up so brightly with uh, every single person in the town lighting off their own rockets. And I had never seen anything like it. The smell of smoke was everywhere. Uh, and, you know, I was used to having little New Year's parties with just my friends or watching carefully orchestrated professional fireworks displays. And I'd never seen that combination of so many people doing similar things in such a crazy way. I also had a lot of fun trying all of the different beers in Germany, particularly every little town that I went to. They all have their one brewery that has the one local beer. And there's so much local pride around 
that brewery and that beer, um, you really feel like you hadn't visited a town until you had tried their specific beer, even though they all sort of started to taste the same. Uh, We got a a team of, I think, four people together, and we carried a, you had to carry a case of beer, of beer bottles, huge German beer bottles, and you had to go, I think it was three miles or something like that, and you could either carry the heavy case and drink them at the end, uh, or you could drink them all at the beginning so your case was lighter, but then you were drunker, and uh, so it was uh, hundreds of people drinking and racing, carrying huge cases of beer that really felt so typically German, but uh, also so fun. We drank most of the beer towards the beginning, uh, which put us at pretty close to the front in the beginning, but then uh, definitely slowed us down on the back end. Uh, we did not win either. You know, I knew I would meet lots of Germans and, uh, you know, experience a lot of German culture, but it also really highlighted the parts that I liked best about American culture, uh, both because it was things that I was missing and really because of the things that I wanted to share with the people I was meeting. Uh, So like when I first got there, I hosted a big Thanksgiving celebration because I could imagine that there are people who had never had pumpkin pie. How could you live your life like that? That's something that needs to be shared and things like that the holidays I really enjoyed sharing with other people um, because I really like how Americans celebrate a lot of the the holidays Um, and I also formed really close friendships with the other Americans who were there in Germany uh, on the on the same program that you know being being foreign being there being so few Americans there uh, really brought us together and I still keep in touch with a lot of the people particularly the people who were in the same rural state uh, where I was. Christopher Wurst, director of the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. Our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Julia Follick shared her experiences as a Fulbright English Teaching Assistant, or ETA. Fulbright ETAs are placed in classrooms overseas to provide assistance to the local English teachers. These assignments can range from kindergarten all the way up to university level. For more about ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to subscribe to 2233 wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That mouthful is E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov.
Special thanks this week to Julia for sharing her insights, stories, and tips on how not to run a beer bottle race. I did the interview with Julia and edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was Before You Leave and Morning Too Soon, both by Ketza, and the Lichtensteiner Polka by Dick Contino and his orchestra. And until next time. Roll out the barrel. We'll have the barrel of fun.